by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. The third chapter of Galatians in the eighth verse. There is no longer Jew or Gentile Slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's God's will, that we all be one in Christ Jesus, that we not break up into camps and say, I'm this, I'm that. He sees two categories of people, lost and saved. And he wants the lost people saved. He wants us all in one in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? I haven't had an amen in a long time. That's God's desire. You know, all week, I've been thinking, and I've just been wondering, why, why would that police officer not let George Floyd up? Why did he keep his knee in that man's neck as he was begging for air, he said, I can't breathe. And now we have a nation that can hardly breathe. And my heart aches for this nation and the things that's going on, especially for the African-American community. I can only imagine the hurt and the pain and the hopelessness they must feel Injustice is a terrible wound once. But to have that grievous scar continually reopened, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can we pray for a moment? Will you just hook up with me? God, Heal our nation. Heal our hearts. Change the way we think. Create a clean heart in us, Lord. Renew a right spirit within us. Let us be one with Christ indeed and one with our brothers and sisters in this world. Help us not see the world the way other people see it. But as your children come together as one. Forgive us our sins and heal this land. Heal this land, Lord. Who has the answers to all this racial division? Apparently everyone. My ears are worn out from listening to people's opinions. Everybody has one. The media is telling us what we, we ought to think. And many of us are, we're not wanting to hear someone else's opinion. We're just wanting to hear somebody else say what we already think and we're not willing to change. 
I think we're all being played. I think there's a bigger force at work behind the scenes. You know what we need? We need to hear from God. I don't need another opinion, another spin. I don't need to see another post. It's time the church hears from God. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, it says, The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. The Lord doesn't see color. He doesn't break us up in camps. He doesn't say, well, I'm going to do this for this community, but this community I'm not. He doesn't see things like that. People judge by an outward appearance, but the Lord, he looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the content of our character and not our outward appearance. In Genesis chapter 4, we see the story of Cain and Abel. We know that Adam and Eve had sinned and they were kicked out of the garden and, and Cain was the first man born of a woman. He was actually the first man born into sin. And then shortly thereafter, they had a son named Abel. Abel, he was a keeper of the sheep. He was a shepherd. And Cain, well, he worked the land. He tilled the ground and he grew crops. And when it come a long time to give God what God desired, a gift, a sacrifice, well, then Abel gave a little lamb, a sacrifice, his best Lamb, blood was spilled as an offering to God. And Cain came and he gave of the, produ the produce of the ground. He gave of, of his hard work. And we, we look back now and we understand that God's saying, you can't work your way into my graces. It's only by the blood of the Lamb. We understand what was going on now when we look back. But Cain did not understand. Cain not only grew Mad at Abel and jealous of Abel, he was mad at God. He was mad at everything. He was letting hatred grow in his human heart. The first man born into sin. And in Genesis chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, watch out. Sin is crouching at the door. Say sin. God is warning Cain about something. He's not warning him that your, your brother Abel is better or worse than you. He's saying Sin is what you need to look out for. Sin is crouching at the door, and it's eager to control you. Have you noticed that sin will begin to control you? If you give it an inch, it'll take a mile. 
Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it. And you must be its master. Don't let it be a master over you. God warned Cain about the real problem in the world. It's sin. But Cain didn't listen. No. It not only crouched at his door, it pounced into his heart. He didn't war against the sin, but he warred against his brother. And he killed him. God came and said, I hear your brother's blood crying out to me from the ground. Where is your brother? And Cain's had the audacity to tell God, what am I, my brother's keeper? And God would say, yes, you are. You're supposed to be your brother's keeper. Not allowing hatred and anger to cause you to kill them. The police officer, Derek Chauvin, fell the way of Cain. And he failed to be his brother's keeper. Before we can heal this nation, we must realize that we are not each other's enemy. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 tells us to put on all of God's armor so that we will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Say the devil. Who are we to stand firm against? Who is our enemy but the devil? And what are his strategies to deceive and make us think other people are our enemies? It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers of the dark world. And against evil spirits in heavenly places. This is a spiritual battle. Racism and hatred are just byproducts of sin itself. We've been turned against each other by the real enemy, the devil. He has deceived us. Let us not follow the way of Cain. America has a heart issue. That's our problem. It's not the economy. It's not COVID-19. America has a heart issue. The world has a heart issue. In Jeremiah 17, 9, it says the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. But I thought, Pastor, I was supposed to follow my heart. You better not. It will lie to you. It is deceitful. You need to follow God's word. And that's what we're here to do today. To stop following our heart and start following God. 
It's deceitful of, of all, most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. It's twisted. It doesn't have things right. Who really knows how bad it is? God does. He sits above the circle of the earth and he sees the destruction that we cause in each other's lives. Spreading the light of Jesus Christ is the only hope for this world. One heart at a time if we have to. But the issue is the heart of our nation. And we must change the hearts of the people of our nation. Not the laws. That may be a, a benefit, but that's not the ultimate answer. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And we need more people with light and less people with darkness, and we must get these people saved. We're spending our time arguing with one another about stuff we know nothing about. We're all deceived if we're hating and arguing with bashing heads with one another. We need to be more concerned about spreading the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church must be a city on a hill. It must be a lighthouse or we cease to have relevance in our society. Governments may legislate righteousness, but it only dri drives the dark forces deeper into the dark. It doesn't bring any light. Are you listening? You can make a law, but it's just going to drive the dark forces deeper into the darkness to do their dark deeds. That alone will not change society. The cure for sin is not legislation, it's salvation. The love of God is the only antidote for what ails this world. Woe to the church if we can't find it in ourselves to rise above and to be bigger on the inside and to love. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, only through an inner spiritual transformation do we gain strength to fight vigorously the evils of the world in a humble and a loving spirit. He was so right. Only through an inner spiritual transformation can we make a difference that's going to matter in the hearts of people. If you don't change their heart, you really haven't changed anything. He agreed with God. He says we can't give in to rage and return evil for evil. There are evil forces at work right now capitalizing on the intense pain in America. They're inciting what would be peaceful protest into destruction and anarchy. And they're hijacking the cause. They're hijacking the cause. 
Just as God's people must rise in a time of craziness that we're experiencing, the enemy is doing the same thing and he's trying to capitalize on people's pain. We're killing other innocent people. Destroying people's livelihoods. And that is not advancing the cause of peace. And I will say this. Without reservation, God is a God of law and of order. He is not a God of confusion. He is the one who gave us the authorities to keep us from killing one another. And I understand that there are some bad cops. And there's, Can you name a group that does not have evil people within it? There are some bad cops. And there needs to be reform. But I can only imagine how the police officers that went into this to give of themselves to serve our community and love and protect their community, and have given their best how they feel right now being demonized because of the actions of a few. I imagine they're pretty much more upset at police officers like Derek Chauvin or whatever his name is than we are. And I see some of them are, are laying their badges down and some of them are retiring early. Where, how are we going to have a police force? Going forward, if this is the way we'll treat our trusted servants. Some quote Dr. King and they say, where he said, riots are the language of the unheard. He said, riots are the language of the unheard. When you feel like you don't have a voice, you need to tear something up. That's what happens. It's not what you need to do, but that's what happens. That's what he was explaining. But he himself did not employ that tactic. He had a better voice. He knew that his voice was the language of love. And that it would be much more effective. He said, let no man pull you so low as to hate him. You win no hearts with hatred. Dr. King fought for nonviolent protest. He said nonviolence is a powerful and a just weapon which cuts without wounding and enables the man who wields it. It is a sword that heals. He advocated for nonviolent protest. You may say, but yeah, but Dr. King lost his life. No, my friend, Dr. King was willing to lay down his life like the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a big difference than killing someone else to, to get your way or laying down your life to make a difference in this world. Dr. King advanced the cause of race relations farther than anyone in our lifetime. And he did it with the principles of God. By following 
the Lord. When I was looking through his quotes, it was inspiring. You say, why are you quoting Dr. King so often? Because he's an inspiring, he's an inspiring man who sought to do God's will and did great things with the language of love through it all. Conflict grows when communication slows. We're, sw we're switching gears here. We're going to talk about what we can do. Conflict grows when communication slows. And I'm just going to say for the record, Political correctness keeps us ha from having the conversations that we need to have. I believe it is a terrible scourge on society that I cannot say what's really in my heart. I have to say what you want me to say. It bullies people from expressing their true emotions. We can't we can't communicate with one another without the fear of being labeled. So we just be quiet and don't say anything. And that never solves a conflict. We need to communicate. And I'll say this. It's time for white people to let down their guard and listen to the black community. But, 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 let your guard down and listen. And maybe we can have a conversation. If we never agree about certain things, so be it. So be it. But it, it's sure hard to marginalize or categorize someone when you've heard their heart and you know their story. If we can have the conversations with one another, we will grow the empathy that we need to respond to one another in, the, in a godly manner. It's a tactic of the enemy to divide and separate, to keep us from communicating. Dr. King said people fail to get along because they fear each other. And they fear each other because they don't know each other. And they don't know each other because they have not communicated with each other. The Bible says it like this. Proverbs 12, 18. Some people make cutting remarks. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's like that's all I hear. It's cutting remarks. Okay, you know the way you feel, but you can't temper that. You've just got to let it come out of your mouth and cut. Even if you're speaking the truth, you're not doing it in love. You're wielding the sword of truth and cutting people up, making cutting remarks. And social media has just blown the whole thing up. That's why everything is different today. 
Because social media is exacerbating. Is that the right word? I only got a high school education. You'll have to excuse me. It's drumming things up. People say whatever they want to on the internet. They make cutting remarks. But it says the words of the wise bring healing. Or the comments you're making on your social media and to your friends and to, to people that you may come in contact with, are they cutting remarks? Are they bringing healing? Dr. King says we must learn to live together as brothers or we will perish together as fools. God says a nation divided against itself cannot stand. If we don't get a hold of our mouths, we're going to be speaking Chinese very soon. That's not a prophecy, but that's, that's the way I see it. Because a nation divided against itself cannot stand. The church has a responsibility to communicate something different. Jesus heard about the beheading of his best friend, John the Baptist. What is the first thing he wanted to do? He wanted to go pray. I imagine he just wanted to be with the Father. He wanted to be alone. But probably part of it was because he knew he needed to go pray or else he was going to let all in his heart. Because John the Baptist had been beheaded very unjustly. Wasn't it King Herod that had him beheaded? Just because he, uh, on a whim, because he was infatuated with his own stepdaughter? That's wrong. On top of wrong, on top of wrong. There was nothing just about the beheading of John the Baptist. And Jesus goes to pray and to keep his heart right before God. And he sees the people and they're like sheep without a shepherd. And what does he do? He begins to heal them. And that's what needs to take place, my friend. This nation needs healing. This nation needs reconciliation. Do you understand? That's the whole reason Jesus came to the earth for healing and reconciliation. To reconcile a sinful man back to God. And to make us ministers of reconciliation, ambassadors for him, so that we can reconcile with our brothers and bring them into that one family, that all in Christ Jesus that he so longs for. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Oh, that we might do that. For a moment, not hold people's sins against them. Aren't we supposed to be the forgiving bunch? And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. If you're not actively seeking to heal this racial divide, then I want to know why not. What is wrong with your heart?
Take a breath. I hope you got to see. You probably hadn't yet, but when you leave, I want you to go watch the Kingdom Kids program this week. We talked about these same subjects in a way that a five-year-old could understand them. I started to bring out my message and read it to you. But you already know the message. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in his sight. Are we going to teach our children to hate? Are we going to let them grow up in this climate? Despite the pain our generation has inflicted upon each other, are we going to allow that to continue? Joseph was a young man who had dreams. He had a coat of many colors. He wanted to set out and do great things. And his brothers, they threw him in a pit. They sold him into slavery. Somehow, Joseph stayed close to God in the pit, close to God in slavery, close to God in the prison. Somehow, he kept the hatred out of his heart. And in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, he finally meets those brothers who sold him into slavery. And he says, you intended to harm me. But God intended it all for good. That's what God does. He turns it around. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. And whatever you've been through in your life, the prisons, the dungeons, the, the slavery, the addictions, whatever harm has been done to you by your brothers, the hatred leveled against you for this or that. You've been through all that so that you can take that and let God turn it to good so that you can teach your children not to do that again. So that you can save the lives of many people. This is not a game. We don't come to church to play church. We come to church to be the church. Somebody has to rise up and say enough. Dr. King said, I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. He said, I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted and every hill and mountain made low. And the rough places will be made straight and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. All flesh. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you for a spirit of love in this church, a readiness to change, a readiness to speak the language of love. We thank you, Father God, that you're doing a work. 
And if there's prejudice and racism in our hearts, maybe we grew up in it, maybe we've gone through it, it's time, it's time to let it all go. Help us, Jesus, to repent of our sin and understand who the real enemy is. And he's warring against our very souls and the souls of this nation. Forgive us, O Lord, as we repent before you right now. Give us love for all people, that we may all see your glory together. Now, my brothers and sisters, if you're out there right now, or if you're in this building right now, and you don't know Jesus as the Lord of your life, or you may have said that prayer, but he's made no difference in the way your heart feels. Maybe there was not repentance in your heart when you said you gave your life to him because you really didn't. But the good news is that all who call upon the name of the Lord. They believe in their heart. And they confess with their mouth. They will be saved. And His Spirit will be alive in their hearts. And leading them to the language of love and to the life of love. And you can change, my friend. We're here for you today. And I'm here to pray with you right now. Pray with me out loud like this. Say, God, forgive me of my sin for the hatred in my heart, for the darkness in my heart. I have been deceived. I give my life to you. I want you to be Lord. I will follow you. All my days. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to make a difference in this world. To be a light in Jesus' name. to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.